She's only listening all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, that is, you know, if you're willing to have that creepy thing in your in your house, uh, listening to you all the time, I suppose that's your business. And Google's All business, I want to know is, is the weather at any given point of the day? <laughs> yeah. Are we talking about Alexa or Google Home or something? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a Google. Yeah, I think she mm-hmm. might hate me. No. <laughs> what? She's um, She's not as good as Janet. <laughs> no, not right? as useful at least. I've never had Google give me a cactus before. Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about the good place, a weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Sherm. Let me welcome my co-hosts today. I am Andrew Pontius, and let me also welcome Javier Matusevich. Hello. Girls on my social class start learning ring bearing at very young age. Yes. Yeah, it's it's quite important to be able to lift, lift like that, yes? So, <laughs> uh, Sarah Gardner, hi there. Hi. And Rachel Adelman, greetings. Hi, everyone. Okay, so tonight's episode is episode three of season three, and it's called The Snowplow. And so for our recap this week, Javier will be giving the recap, so take it away. Okay, so we're back on Earth, and everything is weird. Whenever the group risks splitting up, Michael and Janet enter into crisis mode and intervene from their surveillance booth. But uh-oh, all this intervening causes Tahani to get engaged with an outsider, a lesser-known Hemsworth with a Camilla-sized inferiority complex. And they're going away to England, which in turn causes Chidi and Simone to realize the study has enough data and everyone can go home. Eleanor is not happy about this, and with Michael's push, she tries to keep the band together. However, faced with the group's negative, Eleanor reverts to her old patterns and takes off making a scene. One override too slow makes her open up with Simone, who points out this may be Eleanor's first time she wasn't being in an us-versus-the-world mentality, causing her to apologize to her friends who decide to keep hanging out sporadically, but uh uh-oh again. Just when Michael's about to step into a vortex to mess things up one more time, he's caught by the Feb 4, and he surely will have some explaining to do. Okay, so what do people think of this episode? I liked it a lot better than last week's. Yeah? Yeah, how so? Um, It just, I think it felt more like a regular Good Place episode. Last week felt a little forced, and it didn't quite feel forced the same way this week. Now, what did you think of sort of the montages this time around where, where things kind of leapt ahead? I liked that as a plot device because yeah. I think it allowed our the group to get closer together and be at a place similar to a level, similar level of comfort with each other to what we're used to seeing without us having to see it all in episodes yeah. over and over yeah. again. I actually liked it less than last week's episode. <laughs> okay. In retrospective, I thought last week like last week's episode was better than this one. And it's kind of because of the same reason that last week and the first episode, all of these episodes are trying to get us to a place where the writers want us to be. And it gets older with each passing episode. And I didn't like the the skipping mechanic of this episode because it just points out once more that the writers are trying to do something and that this isn't really valuable but it's just a way to get to a place right it it's yet another reboot to get it that now we have to get through the same level of progress to get where we want to go and the, you know third time means we've gone through this groove a couple of times already we've seen a couple of variations already and 
this therefore in order for this iteration to be interesting to us there has to be something more to it and yeah i would agree that i i didn't necessarily see that see like hey why do we have to go through this one more time are you are you making it more fun than it was last time in a way that makes me want to watch it again and and i didn't i didn't see it i thought this was kind of a junk drawer episode it felt like there were lots of pieces of things but it, that's why when I sat down and tried to think about how I would recap the episode, it was hard to do because there were lots of little bits, but not a lot of continuity to make it seem like a big story was happening. Just kind of stuff here and stuff there. I I would say it's probably equal to last week's for me. And, you know, it, it does at this point feel like we're just gearing up for something and we're not there yet. So you're just kind of spinning your wheels. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny that the analogy I was coming to was it's sort of like a, like a raisin Danish, if that's a thing or a raisin muffin or something where like there were lots of little good bits that I liked and we're, we can go through what those were as, as we go through uh, maybe recapping. But overall it just didn't, didn't, it didn't taste that good, but they were kind of those little bits that I, that I did appreciate. So let's see. Well, so what happened? So we got the group kind of going through, I guess it was a year. Did somebody add up all the three months and six month things? Did that, did I, I guess they said it was a year, right? Yeah, they said, said it, it was, was a year. year. And it's a year of Chidi talking to them about philosophy, right? Because for each one of those windows, he was at a, he was at a, a whiteboard um, writing things down and there was Aristotle on one of them and the, the group uh, sort of being friends with each other and socializing with each other. What what else is there to say about sort of those those montages and, and, and that progress before we get to sort of the stuff that happened at the end of it? Well, it introduced the mechanic of Michael and Janet just watching them again, just like they were doing, just kind right. of being eyes and ears, but not interfering for part of the episode. Um, I mean, there is that. And then they started interfering. Yeah. Snow plowing. <laughs> right. Well, it does feel like in some ways the montages, the way of kind of keeping things going, felt like this iterations, this reboots version of the reboots at the beginning of season two. Like this was their attempt to kind of give it some of that same energy of, hey, lots of things are happening all at once and we're not going to show you all the details of it, but we're going to show you that lots of things are happening and it it didn't have the same effect on me. I, I was kind of waiting until we got through these first couple of episodes to start more explicit comparisons with season two. But it, you know, our sort of podcast came together after season two just felt like such a knockout, like so great and so enjoyable after season one. And, you know, we all were, were kind of like, wow, this is this is so great. This is they can obviously keep this going. Hey, we want to talk about it. And I think. If I had come in here with season three, I would be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite so sure if they've got that same momentum going here. Um, they're trying for a lot of the same beats, but I just, it just didn't. I, I was kind of like, if I weren't necessarily recapping it, I might have fast forwarded through at least some of those, those bits because I knew that the important bits were going to be at the end, and the, the journey was not as interesting to me as it had been the last time around. Yeah, also it had a lot less character development and a lot less jokes and the jokes that were there weren't really as funny. So there wasn't something to keep you going during the the transition to the end. Mm-hmm. And as as you said, the whole 
the whole setup of knowing that season two did this exact same thing and that we're like three episodes in and we're still rebooting the universe. And Michael just talked about actually rebooting the universe. So it's kind of lame at this point. It had its novelty at season two and it was a fun thing to do for season for episode one of season three. But if you keep it going at some point... You start to get diminishing returns. Yeah, when he mentioned he was just going to reboot everything again and that was going to solve all their problems, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> you can't reboot the universe, Michael. I, th I think it was pretty clear that they weren't. he was never actually going to be able to get to do that. No, but it did take some air out of my tires. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think the ending is really interesting, so I do want to hold off on that until we get to kind of the end of, of talking about all this stuff. Um, so let's talk... Before we get to that, let's talk about some of the new things that did happen. So we got Larry, right? Was and and apparently like yep, good old Larry Hemsworth. Larry Hemsworth, okay, because I actually didn't catch that his last name was Hemsworth, and I did catch that he was sort of very uh, had very low self esteem, and that was kind of the joke. He, he was on the cover of one of the magazines last week oh, that they were reading okay. as the fourth Hemsworth brother. Oh, okay, and it was actually that actor on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now, just to be clear, there isn't a fourth Hemsworth brother, right? No, okay. there's just three. Just checking. Just checking. Okay, but what did people think of think of Larry as both as a character and as kind of a plot point for Tahani? I could take him or leave him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he seemed kind of perfect for her. Like, they both have dealt with the overshadowed by siblings thing mm -hmm. and that kind of thing seemed to go well for... And he, he seemed more than happy to let her take the lead in the lead, relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me wonder why does Michael choose to use him as the bait to keep Tahani away from the risk of dating Jason? Because what you're really doing is enabling her into her old patterns and her old behavior. So isn't, she, isn't it better that she actually dates Jason and stays in the group rather than bringing an outsider that would bring out all the bad colors in Tahani. Maybe. Right, where well, she goes back to her, her mansion, right, her mansion existence. Yeah. I guess we haven't really seen her in a mansion <laughs> until this episode in this season. And, it, you know, yeah. the funny joke with the uh, Airbnb with the H-E-I-R. Like that, 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 that was the yeah. only joke that made me laugh in the whole yeah. episode. Was, that, was, that was really clever. Indeed. Um, well, one of Jason's <laughs> made me laugh, too, but I don't remember which one it was now. <laughs> Um, but it did sort of feel like he was a plot device instead of a full character that were, because he was the butt of a lot of jokes and he kind of did the same routine every time we saw him. And it was, you know, it was smile worthy, I guess, to, to see that. But it really felt like he was moving things along rather than someone that we're going to really get too invested in. Although I did like the actor. The actor, you know, the actor seemed like he was pretty funny. Also, we're all worrying about what's going to happen to to our crew. But this episode shows that Michael has basically no chance to get in the good place right now. He keeps cheating his way into improve the characters, and I don't know why he thinks that that's going to even work, because he couldn't make them act like he wanted in the actual bad good place that he ran and he controlled in a Truman Show-esque way. So why does he think that tweaking a few variables here is going to work? He's just so desperate, I think. I mean, it comes out right. in his speeches and things, you know, this is all he has. But he also doesn't right. have any additional ideas. So yeah. when all you have in your tool is a hammer. Right, or a snowplow, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everything looks like snow. <laughs> right. 
Everything's a road filled with snow. Which is also starting to seem like <laughs> the writer's only tool. Well, I do think that they're I do think that they're doing this deliberately, right? They're not just it's not just that the writers don't have any other ideas. It is that they want to show that Michael's patterns are not sustainable here on Earth any more than they were sustainable uh, in the good place or the bad place or whatever. And I, I think, like we're saying, like, we think they're going there. We think they're going. I think, th I think that's a good direction to go in for the show. It's just that I just wish the, 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 the journey was more interesting. And, and if not that, then yeah. it, it was going faster. Because mm -hmm. I do think that's, I like that. I, I, I think they can do some smart things with it, but I don't know what they are yet. I just, mm -hmm. I just don't like seeing him flailing like this was just not, it didn't do it for me anyway. It certainly didn't feel like uh, last season where we were talking about how they kept burning ideas and making whole season arcs into a single episode. Uh, I felt that so far this, this season has been slower in that sense. They've been dragging the cat along, so to speak. Oh, our metaphors tonight. Um, oh, I was just going to say that the only thing that kind of made me look back to last week and think, oh, you know, that was kind of good, is that we did get that whole episode with Trevor, and this week they're just like, oh, yeah, that's done now, which did feel pretty fast considering they yeah. got through what could have been a larger plot point in just one episode. Well, mm -hmm. We got one good joke out of it, right? Yeah. The, the, the silly little email and that Michael was so proud of. Having written like, like Trevor, that was cute. None of them seemed to miss Trevor, at least. <laughs> no. So that yeah. was good. No, um, but also in, in terms of character beats that, that I liked, I did like the character beat with Simone at the end, where she's talking yes. with Eleanor, and she's kind of having to help Eleanor, even though she doesn't necessarily want to, um, but she does, and she kind of gives her some good advice and gives her some good background. You know, the whole thing of you know the, the different. What is it? The different problems that humans face. Um, what is it? Us versus us versus the me, world. Uh, me versus us and us versus, us versus them. them. Right. Yeah. But Eleanor's still stuck in the me versus us face. <laughs> right. I think that might be the longest speech that Simone has given in these three episodes. I really like Simone. Yeah. Me too. And I'm afraid this is the last we're going to see of her. <laughs> Which makes me sad. It's the first time that Simone passes the Bechdel test because so far it That's has been true. all going around Chidi. So it's nice that she gets her own moment. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it, I, you know, I could have had a little more, but, but yeah, no, it, it was a nice little moment and it was a nice point for these two characters to bounce off each other. And yeah, yeah. If, and if it is all we get, it's still, you know, it's pretty good. Pretty good for what we got. Um, now, oh, the other thing that the parallel for previous seasons is uh, Eleanor giving a a crazy speech, right? That hurts things because <laughs> she's done that at other parties. She, I think they they might even re, they might even have reused that set from yeah. Tahani's uh, mansion in the Good Place. So she's you know For again sort of the same beat. Like the yeah. But then she turns around and does better. Uh, well, she turns around and then she does better, and that felt like. You know, that was one of those things where we're like, okay, we have a problem in this episode and then we have to solve it in this episode. Um, and they did, and sort of now we're moving on. Like, And that was also the neat thing that, uh, and again, I think the show did it deliberately. You know, Michael is flailing and saying, we have to do all these crazy things to get the band back together. And meanwhile, the band is kind of getting back together despite him in the, in the mansion. You know, Eleanor comes back, 
and she patches things up with everyone and people are going to all, hmm. you know, they're all, you're going to meet, they're going to meet in a year or whenever they're going to meet in Jacksonville, which is going to be interesting. Um, you know, and everybody, people are, are making progress. They're improving. Um, despite Michael instead of because of it. And I thought if that was a deliberate yeah. beat of the show, I did like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, that was the redeeming thing about my, Michael's actions that they are going to score points because Michael's behavior is actually hindering them, not helping them. And they're still getting together. So that's, that's a nice point that they're trying to hit and it's, it's working. Well, that's also one of the things. It's a, the, the episode did talk about points more explicitly and more repeatedly. Is more repeatedly a way to say something? Anyway, they talked about points more than we have in lots of other episodes recently. And I was wondering if that was something, where do we think that might go? Like, I've mentioned in the past that I think the points are unsustainable as a, as a logical idea for the series, a serious philosophical idea for the series. But it seems like they're kind of digging back into that idea now by saying, no, the points really do matter. We can't, we can't know what they are, but that's actually what we're going for. We're not actually, it felt like they were kind of saying, we're not actually going for them to be better people. We're just going for how many points they can accumulate to get into heaven or, you know, to get into the good place. And and that actually felt like kind of a, a regression to me. Like I don't actually care about the points. I care about them being better people, Mm. but it does seem like the points are going to become important again at some point, so to speak. Did that, at did, least, yep. at least Eleanor went to Simone and, and asked, like, "Why did I do the thing I did?" So I felt like right? that at least yeah. showed that she'd grown some, but we didn't really get any of the other characters growing any in this episode. Well, the joke in the first season was that you had to do extraordinarily good things in order to get a points total enough to get into the good place, and we're still not quite sure if that was entirely yeah. true or not. But it does seem like, you know, they're all doing better now, but they're not, you know, saving an entire country in Africa. They're not <laughs> curing a deadly disease. You know, by that standpoint, you know, if Florence Nightingale didn't get into the good place, none of these people are getting into the good place. So I, I do wonder if they'll address that at some point. Yeah, they're definitely not, not getting gold status on life points rewards program or whatever. <laughs> Right. Well, this might be a relatively short episode. So, so what do people think of the of the end then? So, you know, we got the whole band back together. They're going to take off for a year from each other and everything seems like it's working out. And then suddenly when Michael tries to go back to the good place or wherever that is exactly, he gets caught by everybody. And suddenly the, the, the group on Earth sees that something weird is going on with Michael and Janet. And it, that was a surprise. I was not expecting that. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do people think of that twist at the end? I liked it, and I can't wait to see how Michael <laughs> and Janet try to cover up the fact that there's this giant glowing door in the middle of a wine hmm. cellar. I hope they do something with it instead of just throwing it under the rug in the next episode in the first five minutes because that's something that they've been doing a lot. Right, no, and not just some quick excuse, right? Like, it goes somewhere. Yeah. Like, where could they possibly go with it that would, that would lead our characters to a place where we're interested in? Like, are they going to leave Earth again? Can they even do that? They're not dead. I don't know. Are they going to go on wacky adventures with Michael and Janet and the doorman? I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
The only thing, I mean, I liked the ending. I felt like that was kind of what we were waiting for this episode. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, well, if all of the stuff that happened before that had not happened, would it have mattered? And I kind of don't think so. Like, Hmm. if we started this episode with them discovering the door, would we be any worse off? having missed all the other stuff in this episode. Not really. I don't think we would have been, but the characters wouldn't know have known each other for a year. Like, I think we needed the acknowledgement that they've gotten close and have gotten to know each other before we go in, or else it's, it's, yeah. another, it's another reboot of they're still complete strangers to each other in this weird place. And now we've got a group of four people who have spent a year getting to know each other, having to deal with whatever's coming next. I would have liked if if they showed the door by the end of first episode and they made it even quicker. I think this whole first arc of the show didn't really work. So just keep it fast and get the characters where they need to go and start telling a new story already, please. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very down on the episode today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it, it just, I, there were points when we were doing our, our flashcraft episodes in the season two, where I was just thinking to myself and saying on our episodes, Hey, I have no idea where they're going with us. You know, I just can't imagine what the next thing is. And they have gotten me to that point here. Like I don't, I can't imagine how they're going to make these people who are still supposed to be on earth earning points, being good people, deal with the fact that, like, proof of heaven, I guess? Like, which, where are they going to go with it? I, I just don't know. Yes. I, and I hope they do something good, but I, there were points in the last season where it was like, hey, they seem like they've written themselves into a corner, and they always pretty much came out of it okay. Um, I'm a little less sure that they're going to do that this time around, but I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for another episode. Indeed we will. Well, I think the, the last thing that I can think of to talk about, and we'll see if anybody has any other stuff to, to, to talk about, is Jen, right? So we did get another scene with Jen in this episode. Yes. And she is very explicit now. That, yes, I'm very mad at you. I can't punish you this minute, but I'm going to punish you as soon as I get my hands on you. And so that, mm-hmm. that kind of closes off certain things. Um, you know, they, they really can't go back without, without basically destroying the progress that they want to make. Um, but, but yes, it's, something's going to have to happen eventually. They will have to go back eventually because they are celestial beings and they can't sit on Earth forever. But it, it, does, it is an interesting uh, setup that now here, here's, a, here's a, a difficulty, here's, a, here's something, a barrier that they have to overcome to, to get back and to, and to do those things. So any thoughts on Jen? Hmm. Well, it's nice to know that there are some someone still watching them, <laughs> because after last episode, it seemed like uh, once they're on Earth, they're good to go basically, and no one's, go- no one's coming for them. So, because he had the key, but now that we know that Jen is still around, which we imagined, but she, if she has the ability to communicate, maybe she has the ability to figure out a way to to get them back. Well, she can call Which them, right? She can call them through the key at any point if she wants. Well, Maybe. yes, but yeah. my, 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 I mean, what I mean is if she has that sort of power, then 
maybe there's some way to make another key or something. Not not so much because of a technical thing, but because the show is setting a stake, is telling us these worlds are still connected somehow. So right. if there mm-hmm. was a key, yeah. maybe there's a second key, which right. if they hadn't shown us that, it would have been like, okay, she's out of the picture now. Right. The, the, the key was used and is done. And instead they're saying, you know, the key is still in play and has, and may have more features yeah. that we don't know about yet. Cause it's, they showed us the one feature that, that we didn't know about. Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll, Maybe it has low jack. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, wait, 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 is, but is there like a celestial car that the key would fit? Right, a celestial truck. I guess we'll uh, we'll find uh, out. Maybe it's like a Roomba. Ooh, yeah. They yeah. call it back to the station. <laughs> celestial Roomba. Yeah. Well, if if we had episode titles, that could be our episode title for this one. <laughs> So anything else before we go to uh, the, the joke machine, such as it is for this episode? Did we miss anything? Well, just that, I mean, I really like the gimmick of Janet being sort of a psychic to the people ah, yes. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, mm-hmm. she knows everything, so she knows about them and is able to use that to get them out of her hair. <laughs> yep. It was pretty funny. I'm still wondering how Eleanor survived a year in Australia even with that uh, lotto money, because from everything I've heard, Australia is much more expensive than here. And I don't think $18,000 is going to last you Mm -hmm. that long, depending on how frugally she's living. (laughs) What about Jason? He doesn't have a lottery ticket. Yeah, I I don't know what he's doing for money. He spent a lot of money on face paint. They did get get them that fancy computer super board thingy. Oh, that thing. I wasn't sure why they introduced that. I didn't like that. I'm, I'm guessing that was the fancy computer that Janet right. had to go get them. Yeah, but like, what was that supposed to make yeah. me laugh? Because uh. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, burn! Yeah, yeah, that yeah. didn't make you laugh. <laughs> That's a Midwest burn, not a real one. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 thing it felt very end of Park and Rec last season, Ooh, where they yeah, okay. they have all the modern technology and. I didn't really like that that characteristic of the season, and I don't like it now. <laughs> well, it did seem like it was kind of their way of saying, yeah, things have evolved. Th- this has been a whole year's worth of progress. Yeah. People progress and technological progress, maybe. But yeah, I, yeah, I didn't necessarily laugh out loud when I saw it. And, and it, it was sort of a way to introduce a couple of a couple of new jokes, like the Tahani thing where she's like, you know, computer or whatever yeah. it was. It wasn't computer, like board, whatever she called it. You know, play some Super music board. or something. Yeah, Super like bored. Super bored, right. So. Mm-hmm. Announcing yeah. music. But I would be, yeah, it would it be interesting like if a, they ever used it again. Just a setup for that. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay, so let's, um, let's talk jokes. Were there any jokes that people liked in this episode? Um, I liked Jason's trying to figure out the time difference. Oh, yep. And <laughs> call it a land of clocks or something <laughs> like that instead of a time zone because right. time Different zone didn't sound land. correct. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yeah. She, he almost got it right the first time. A zone of time. Zone yeah. of time. Yep. But he didn't like a zone of <laughs> no. time. So good old Jason. Mm. Well, then speaking of Jason, being, there was yeah. there was that one point where, what was it? Simone comes in and says, oh, we got our funding, I think. Right. Our funding came through. And so she gets mm-hmm. cupcakes for everyone. And Jason says, and you blew all your funding on cupcakes? That's what I would have done. I was like, yep, yep, that's, <laughs> that's what you would have done, Jason. 
Mm-hmm. And then right after that, Eleanor is like, oh, no, I don't, I don't do cupcakes. I don't, I try to avoid pointless group activities like office Christmas parties or jury duty. Yeah, that was also, hmm. yep. I can see why she'd think that. Very Eleanor. <laughs> I liked when Michael and Janet went to a room to kind of like spy on everyone and it was empty. It ended up being the journalism department. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. That, I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> and then when Simone's taking their picture and she gets everybody together and says, say, and she doesn't say, say cheese. She says, say, does anyone remember? Uh, ventromedial prefrontal cortex. Uh-huh. Was what she said? Hmm. Something like that. And everybody that, says that it. I couldn't even yeah. say. <laughs> well, almost everyone says it. Jason says Jaguar's role, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but I didn't like the Brainy Bunch joke on the first episode, but now that Trevor's gone, I like it. I like that they kept mentioning it because it's like an F you to, to Trevor, who's not around You're anymore. going to be the Brainy right. Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trevor was probably relatively smart in terms of... yeah. But anyway, uh, well, it's, in terms of the points, there was the thing where uh, Janet was saying, oh, no, Eleanor farted and then blamed it on her chair. And then she does it a couple more <laughs> times. And that was actually what got me thinking about the, the, the point system. Like, you know, if Eleanor is still getting negative points at, at various points in this episode, even when she's already learned, learned something, you know, is she ever going to be able to accumulate enough points to get into the good place? Eh, probably not. But But yeah, that was... Could have the funny joke where Jason mm-hmm. Jason said something about oh yeah that that chair smells funny or something and Eleanor says yes another <laughs> person who agrees it's the chair. So, yeah. um, I I guess it's not really the joke machine but I like the reaction of the two guys that like Janet went off and went all psychic on you know you uh, lost the bathroom key under the register nine months ago <laughs> and your aunt's not your mom's or your aunt's really your mom and th- then she told the one guy to call his ex-wife and read him her poetry. poetry right <laughs> well now was that just to get yeah. rid of him or was that that it was actually going to help him because i can't imagine anyone whose hidden poetry is actually going to help any situation i, I don't i th- i think janet thought it was going to help <laughs> <Okay>. him <laughs> fair enough I enjoyed Blake Bairdles. Yeah. Yes, Blake Bairdles. And too uh, bad Jason never got him. Yeah, and that when he joined, when Jason joined the uh, overseas Jaguars fans, it's just him and two other guys. <laughs> well, do we think that that group was sort of put together by Janet and Michael to keep him occupied? I figure I, so, but I don't. I know. bet it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was with that the- outfit. <laughs> Oh, the outfit. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how much time it took for him to get painted, like most of his body painted and his hair to be done like that? Oh, my God. Oof. So there was in one of the one of the bits where all the group was together around the table and Tahani was giving her yet more of her references and her, her name dropping. And, and <laughs> Eleanor is like, yeah, we get it. We always get it. <laughs> We always get it. That, that, that was cute. Yeah. What was? What were they? Um, she used to date a f- American football player, and then she introduced him to her good friend Giselle Bunchen. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't know who that so is. Implying but, that she yeah. dated Tom Brady. Yeah. He, she, she's married to Tom Brady. She's oh, okay. a model. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that there was another one where that she was implying something, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eleanor always gets it, <laughs> and is always annoyed by it. Yeah. I like that Eleanor wants to get Margot Robbie into philosophy. Yes. Oh, that was yeah. neat. Right. Yeah. Well, her, Which, oh, 
Her own little way, form of it, name dropping. It felt kind of, yeah. In, and well, she's Australian, I think. And Oh, is she? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Her stint in the big short where she's like into economics. So it felt to me That's like true. a callback in a way. Tahani tries to to calm down the Hemsworth by saying that fixing baby's spines is just as valuable as acting. Yep. Poor Larry kept com- uh, comparing himself to a rock over and over. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed Larry's uh, self-deprecating comments and going ahead and eating a Vegemite something because he was always going to be the chubby one. All <laughs> of these things, but he's very obviously an attractive specimen of a man. Yep. So when they do rampshade that, right? Because Eleanor is like, you know, you realize this guy has yeah. like no body fat and a square jawline, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but speaking of rock, uh, that was the one thing I forgot. I, when Eleanor is talking with Simone and Simone says, oh, that's like how the rock fans, you know, don't get along with, what is it, Stone Cold Steve Austin fans, right? And then, of course, Eleanor has to jump in because she's a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. And that was, that was cute. That was a cute callback. She goes into a chant of USA, USA, uh, yeah. no, that was cute. which... Uh, <laughs> That is something that I've taught my daughter to do to like just get out of trouble. Like if she knows, <laughs> if she knows I'm about to yell at her, that's, oh, that's no. what she'll do because she knows she knows I'll just laugh. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Teach. There's right? your parenting tip, everyone. She, she's learned it, but you probably didn't want her to learn it, right? Yeah. Oh no, no. That's, yeah, that's she fun. got that directly from me. So that. <laughs> oh boy. What, it was yeah. that or defense. Yeah. There was another moment where, like, Mike, near the end where Michael says to Janet, you're a genius, and Janet says, correct. <laughs> but I think that, that's all I have. Any, any other jokes we missed? Just that uh, Tahani thought that $18,000 was a very small yeah. amount of money to, live, <laughs> to get from the lottery. Better luck next time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Judge Jen, there was... One of her lines was like, I have never been this angry in my life, which is the age of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> kind of cute. And then when, she, when they're trying to, what, step on the key to cause, like, signal interference, and she's like, I can see you trying to do that. So <laughs> Maya Rudolph got some, got some fun lines this time around. It's a magic key. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so uh, here's hoping that we'll get some, some new twists and some, some progress on some things and maybe a change of scenery, maybe a new plot line. In the next episode. So let me thank my fellow co-hosts, Sarah Gardner. Thank you. Thank you. Rachel Adelman. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And Javier Matusevich. Thank you as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, we should just end on that. <laughs>